1, 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I have given to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I, will, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses, from the wilderness and, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will be, have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, just as you spoke to Moses, that Jesus had, or Jesus spoke to the apostles, we have the Holy Spirit. I pray that we all let that Holy Spirit lead our lives. That if someone here today does not know who you are, who does not have that Holy Spirit, that they will come forth to one of us, anyone in here would be happy to share with them who you are and what you have done for us and what your son did on that cross. I pray these things in your son's name. Amen. So please be seated. Sorry. Um, so those that don't know, I'm RJ. I have the privilege of serving as one of the elders here at uh, Cross-train. Um, I don't, we, you know, when Doug needs a break for whatever reason, one of the elders usually steps in, and I was the one that was opted in for this week. Um, it was actually, it wasn't forced, so. Um, but when I agreed to do it, I didn't 100% know what I was going to talk about. And as I started preparing the message, or not preparing it, but before I prepared the message, one of the things that really struck upon me was a conversation that I'd had with Cindy. And Cindy's my wife. She's unfortunately not here today. Um, and she had had a conversation with a Christian that said they'd never experienced God. And as Cindy and I typically and often do, we sat and tried to figure out how we would explain experiencing God to somebody. And as we continued to think through it, meditate on it, um, I went back to James 4, which had a profound impact in my life um, a few years ago. And as I read the end of James 4, which is uh, there's verse 15, which is in your bulletin verse, it impressed upon me I needed to talk with Doug. So Doug and I sat down in Starbucks coffee shop, and I was explaining to him what I had re gone through and read. 
and he says, told me, he said something. He goes, there's probably a lot of Christians in our congregation that have never experienced Jesus. And it was like, wow. And he goes, right there's your topic. Great. Sounds good. So I sat out, and I now had the topic for what I was going to talk about today, and had all these wonderful ideals running through my head. I sat down in front of a computer. They're gone. <laughs> I read back to James 4. It didn't work for this passage. And why that's important to today's message is I started praying about, God, reveal to me what you want me to reveal to them. And that's where this message comes from. So you're going to hear me today. I brought my journal up here. But I'm not going to open my journal just for my sake of keeping me san sanity. I wrote it in here. But I did write everything that's just about I'm going to share today is in my journal. I believe God gave it to me to give to you. It's not me giving you what I thought, which is where it started, which is where all those wonderful ideals, or at least what I thought was wonderful ideals. It was God leading me to this message. And as I say that, I'm going to share just a couple of things. Um, so if I use the word, God told me, or God impressed upon me, or I heard God say, or think, don't get hung up on terminology, please. We've had that happen here before. Just know that in my heart, God wanted me to say these things. And that's what you're getting. So last week, Brian shared about sharing the gospel with others. And that is 100% true. We should all be sharing the gospel with others. So everything I'm going to say today isn't necessarily about sharing the gospel. Um, this is about the rest of your life and letting God lead that portion of that, your life in that. So I'm going to start with what actually was part of the daily readings this past week. Again, this is what God gave me as the opening. And it says in Hebrews 1, verses 1 to 2, Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he spoke to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir to all things, whom... Also, he created the world, meaning Jesus was there when he created the world. It's the trihead of God. We'll also see, and I'm not going to go through John 16 now, but in John 16, we see where God speaks through the Holy Spirit, and that's going to be in my first point. So my, my first talking point, then, is this. How do you hear God? Debbie just shared. It was a robocall. God gave that verse to her. You're not going to convince me otherwise. He prepared her for something that was coming up later in the day. And for whatever reason, a robocall gave her a verse. I can't explain it. And I'm going to share some things up with you, with you today that you're going to think, RJ, you're a little nuts. <laughs> or it's coincidence. I don't believe in coincidence. Everybody here is by divine appointment. This is where God wants you. So hopefully something I'm saying today, maybe not the entire message, is something that's going to impact your life. We're all here for a reason. We all have... So here's a question. I'm assuming most of this crowd, since most of us are here on a regular basis, does God answer prayers? Yeah. yeah. Doesn't matter what you're praying about how he answers the prayers. 
That's a little bit of a trick question. And we'll get more into that here in a little bit. Um, do you believe God can impress upon you something that maybe you weren't praying about? That's a big one. That's what got me several years ago out of James 4 to where I'm at today. It wasn't something I was praying about. It wasn't something I was looking for. But it was something God did in my life. So, the training thought, it says, are you living out God's will for your life? So in today's message, we're going to cover three points. Are we hearing God? Are we following God's path? And walking with God? And the first one is really important, and it was really impressed upon me as we went through the prayer time, and what Doug, and Doug, yes, saw some of my notes, so he kind of knew where this was going, but the Holy Spirit. And that's hugely important as we go through this. So it says, let's go back to Joshua 1, 1 to 5. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, go over this Jordan, you and all your people, into the land that I'm giving to them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I has promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Ephurates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea, toward going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all of the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. That last verse, you're going to hear me. It's also my first verse of the next point. I want to say it again. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. And I will not leave you or forsake you. So we hear in this verse, Joshua talking to God. We also, as Doug started out, heard Moses talking with God. In Exodus 3, Moses talks with God through a burning bush that does not burn. This is one of those things, as, now this is a little bit to the far leaning way, one way or the other, but if I, went, if I came up here and says, hey guys, there's a bush outside that's burning, it's not burning up, and God spoke to me. You're probably going to think I'm nuts. You're going to be calling the Looney Tune. But I say that because now we have the Holy Spirit. It's within us. It's nothing outwardly. It's not something you're maybe a robocall you might hear. But it's not typically something where we're going to see this burning bush talking to us. And in Acts 1, where the apostles had Jesus, it also then talks about when Jesus leaves, they then have the Holy Spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit within us. And that's in Romans 8, 9. And I'm not going to go through all of those, but you have the verse references if you believe you want to go look them up. So there. As I say that, let's turn to John 16, and let's go through verses 4 to 15. In verse 4 it says, But I have said these things to you, 
that when the hour comes, you may remember them that I told you. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. This is Jesus talking to the apostles. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So this is Jesus talking to the apostles. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming to them. And like I said, if you want to go about the Holy Spirit within you, go look at Romans 8. So this is one of those times where I told you I didn't know what was supposed to come next. So this is out of my journal. So if these verses sound familiar, most of these are from the daily readings going back to about mid-December through this past week. So my journal on December 19th, Exodus 40, 36 to 37. And it says, throughout their journey, whenever the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would sit out. But if they could not, but if the cloud was not taken up, they did not set out till the next day that it was taken up. And what I wrote in my journal was this. The people are waiting for a sign from God. The cloud over the tabernacle was their sign. Are you seeing your signs from God? Are you reading and responding to the word? It's just one way to do that. Pray, read your Bible, and let the Spirit move you. Don't push the Holy Spirit into a corner but let it flourish inside you and see the wonders of God at work. Which brought me to a, a verse. I'm not singing because I sing horribly. But it says, my God's not dead. He is surely alive. He is living on the inside. He's living on the inside of you. He's roaring like a lion. He's desiring that relationship with you. He wants to help direct your life. And he does it through us today, through the Holy Spirit. The question is, is are you letting that spirit speak to you, tell you, say to you, impress upon you all of those words about what's supposed to be important? For those of us that journal, I'm sure we've all experienced this, and I experienced this just this past week. I read the verses, and it's like, hmm, nothing stood out. But I still select a verse in, on it and journal. And what I have found every time that occurs to me is that the journal, my journaling, not the verse, God had something he was trying to impress upon me. I even had one verse I picked out this past week, and I started writing on it, and I probably should have put it in my notes, but I didn't. And 
as I started writing, it came out totally different than what I thought when I wrote, picked, selected the verse and what I thought I was going to write about. Again, and what this comes about and why I say this is what I thought was meant for one thing, he used for something else. But I had to let that spirit within me move. Don't stick to your guns and don't necessarily not let that Holy Spirit move you. And I say that. So early on in my walk, this was back when Cross Train used to be Cornerstone. Um, so for those that don't know my background, I'm an accountant. And probably the only thing worse than an accountant is an engineer. And my son's an engineer, so I can say that. <laughs> but we're very one, two, three, don't break cycle, finish what you're doing, then move forward. Um, but as I was learning to let the Holy Spirit move in my life, I was reading out of John. Cindy and I were getting ready to go on a trip, and I have no idea why, except I'm going to give credit to the Holy Spirit and God. He impressed upon me Amos. And for those that have been here a long time have heard me talk about this before. I had never read Amos back in those days. And as I went through it, I really was impressed upon that, at that time, Cornerstone, not Cross-Train, was not doing the work God wanted us to do. And so when I came back from that trip, I grabbed Doug. I said, hey, we got to make some changes. And he goes, ironically, God's been pressing upon the elder team at that point that they needed to make some changes too. And we did. That was the first year I think we really way, and this is going to, from an accountant standpoint, bad, from a godly standpoint, good. We blew our budget on benevolence. What was also important of that is God replenished every penny of that and some. We stepped out in faith because that's what God told us to do. And then he rewarded Cornerstone at the time with what we were faithful in doing his word. And that's important. We had to let the Holy Spirit move. So talking point two, have you recognized God's direction? If so, how? Here's in the last part. Are you sure it was from God? That's going to sound a little strange that I put that up there. But what I want you to think about is this. If you've read a verse or something that's impressed upon you, it's probably from God. Assuming it's moving you and you're not reading the Bible just as a literary book. Go back to John 1. Jesus is the Word. The Word's alive. This isn't a literary book. You've got to approach this book as though it's alive, as though it's Jesus. Yeah, you can learn about Jesus by reading it as a literary concept. But there's much more to this book than that. But you've got to let the Spirit move you to experience that. And I, so I want to address specifically, are you sure it was from God? So I'm very, when I first started reading this book, maybe not 100%, but there was a portion of me that I just wanted to know this book. If somebody approached me, I wanted to be able to sit down, oh yeah, turn to Ruth, turn to Matthew 19, turn to Matthew 6, turn to Matthew 7, turn to John 1. I wanted to have that type of knowledge. Knowledge isn't 
experiencing God. That's telling somebody where to go look or what God says about whatever that topic is. And there's a difference in that. And that's what I want you to take away from this. If nothing else today, this isn't a book that's a literary book. Yeah, I took it in high school as Bible lit. But it is a book that's alive, and God wants to talk to you through it. And I'll say that. So let's say you have a business deal. And the business deal maybe is a little bit, call it shady. I don't know. If you have to be a little conniving in order to make it work, and you, hopefully, you're turning to the Lord and asking him if this is something you should go through with. Say, if you're doing this yourself and you want to go through with the deal because you know it's going to make you a lot of money, go read about Esau and Jacob. Didn't the blessing, the birthright blessing that Isaac gave to Jacob belong to Esau? He put fur on his arms so that Isaac would think he was Esau. Is what, that's why I say, you can't go look for your verse. You have to let the verses come to you. You have to let God speak to you where you're at. Sometimes he may want you to read, like he had me read Amos. Sometimes he maybe wants you to go read something else. But it's not you looking or going to read the verse where you know the answer is that you want. It's letting it impress upon you. The morning that I met Doug about Cornerstone, I knew he was going to ask me if Cindy and I were coming, because we were all at West Valley at the time. And I had been praying about it for days, because I knew at this point was coming. And Doug and I, because he had asked me if I'd help put the Cornerstone budget together. I didn't have an answer. That morning, I had been reading through Leviticus. Tough book. I'm just here to say. But my God showed up. Leviticus 26.9. And if you go look at it, you're going to say, huh, how did you get moving? What was important about that is Doug was talking about multiplying. Over and over as he talked about him and the, other, the elite team, it wasn't just Doug and Carrie and the family and the girls, as they talked about multiplying as we go out and think. And Leviticus 26.9 is all about multiplying. One will be 10, 10 will be 100, 100 will be 1,000. And it was like, wow, okay, I need to go be part of this multiplication. That's what God impressed upon me. You can sit there and read that and say, mm, RJ, you're nuts. I don't know how you got that. Again, it's the spirit moving within you. It's letting the words that you are reading penetrate your heart. It's not literally the words that you're reading. We, you and I can both read the same verse. It means something totally different to you if you've been praying about something versus not. So, Anyways, don't go looking for your verse. So let's go on to the second talking point, which is following God's path. This is verses 5 to 7. Like I said, I thought 5 was hugely important. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn 
from the right hand or the left hand, that you may have good success wherever you go. Staying on God's path. What came to mind is, I don't know, a couple months ago again, I had a conversation with a brother, and he goes, I need to ask God's opinion more. My response back to him was, if you just want his opinion, he's not going to answer. If you're going to ask God for direction, do not go from the right or do not turn to the left. Follow God's direction. It's just, it is what it is. I'm not, you know. God wants to give us direction. We heard it in what Doug read in Matthew 6, But first, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. James 1, 5 to 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubt, for though one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. So let's use the example, and this happened to me. That's why I said you're getting my journal, my life. Um, this was back when I was helping with the days of West Valley finances. And I was asked about a project and some costs that they wanted to incur. Given the current condition of the state, I didn't want them to do it. I was very vocal about it. I was challenged to go pray. See where God leads you. Sure. I had no problem with that. And this is why I'm saying you've got to learn to experience God to let God speak to you. And this is one of those examples. So I was still working in those days, and I was standing at the bus stop. I didn't journal back in those days. Bad hindsight on me, but it's where I was at in my walk. And I was reading every day on the bus, off my phone, the Bible, my daily reading, whatever I was at. So I'm standing there in the bus line. I've got my, they weren't air, just earbuds, I think, back in those days. It's been a long time. And I'm sitting there praying to God. I said, just help me. Tell me what you want me to tell West Valley. And Skip was the one who was challenging me. I said, tell me that, and I'll take it even if I don't agree with it. Whipped out my phone, because the next thing I typically do in the bus line is I search Craigslist. Guess what? Craigslist didn't work. This was my first experience of God telling me to go read my Bible. So I switched over on my phone, switched the apps, wherever I was doing at that time, and it gave me the answer that was just the opposite of what I wanted. I was so, but it didn't come from me, it came from God. So I went to the budget meeting out to West Valley, told Skip, I says, first you gotta hear my story, I said move forward. It's what God wanted to, wanted to happen. It wasn't what RJ thought should happen. And through my career, I can tell you what I was taught financially and accounting-wise and what God's pressed upon me, they miss. I've learned to give it up. Just trust God, move forward. It makes your life so much simpler. So, And this is the other part that I want. 
And then this goes back to following God's direction. So in Numbers 20, Moses stuck the rock twice instead of following God's direction. God still gave the water when he struck the rock twice. But God told him to strike the rock once. Moses and the people of that time did not enter the promised land. And it's because he struck that rock twice. He, he got to see it. Stood on the other side of the Jordan. But he did not get to experience the promised land because he struck the rock twice. If you're going to ask... That, now, that doesn't mean if you go into the New Testament, you can read references where Moses and Elijah are with Jesus and God today. Or at least their spirit is. So that doesn't say he wasn't saved. It doesn't say he still didn't get to be with God. He just didn't get the full benefit that was promised to him for failure to follow God's word. Hugely important. Again, back to Moses. This is out of the, my 21st of my journal. He made known his ways to Moses, to acts to the people of Israel. He will make, and what I wrote was this. He will make your way known, the path you should take. Pray and read your Bible. If you don't notice, there's a theme here. Let the Holy Spirit within you move, and his plans will be revealed, mostly in small pieces. Sometimes there will be a larger vision that probably doesn't make sense or will make you uncomfortable. But with each encounter, it will become clearer. And you will find yourself living your life the way he wants. And you'll be miraculously amazed how things start to work out in your life. Maybe not all of the money you want. Maybe not the house you want, the cars you want. But your life will work. Your priorities change. Your focus change. You know, Doug for a lot of long time had the tagline, keep looking up, keep looking to Jesus. Your focus changes on what you do. So what does it look like to have, to have your wife walk out with God? So Austin, I told you he's the engineer. He, at one point, was, had been working in Tucson, and through COVID, the plant he worked at shut down. He came home, and we started praying about a job. He interviewed, I don't know how many he truly interviewed for, but he had interviews, he applied, nothing. There was a point in January, a company he had interviewed for when he saw the writings on the wall from the first job, called him and says, hey, you still available? Are you still looking for a job? Not knowing that he'd moved on. He said, yeah. He goes, and they offered him a job. That was on a Friday. He came down and said, I don't remember, Homet, Homet, whatever the name was, had just called and offered me a job. He goes, what should I do? My typical response to my kids, so be glad if you don't like this response, go pray about it and read your Bible. I'm not telling you what to do. But I told him, his mom and I would also pray about it. The very next morning, he comes down. It was a Saturday. And he goes, Dad, i got to go back to Tucson. I said, yes, you do. I got my answer out of Genesis. 
We weren't in the same place, but we got the same answer. Mine was about letting him go. Um, he had just spent four years in college, came home for four to six weeks, and went off to Tucson. I liked having my son around. And, but yet God told us I had to let him go. I don't know exact his reference. Cindy got the same one. So we planned to let him get him packed up, put deposits down on an apartment. He moved in with Grandma and Grandpa for a couple of weeks till his apartment was ready. The Friday before he was to start the job, the job he wanted called, or the Thursday was before he was to move. and said, hey, we want to interview you tomorrow. He comes down, what do I do? Take the interview. Okay, I did give him a thing. But he did the interview. I said, but you still got to go to Tucson. He wanted the job he wanted was sitting right in front of him. Didn't guarantee the job, but he got the interview. But God had told him, God had told me, God had told Cindy, go to Tucson. So faithfully, he went to Tucson. Well, guess what? He was faithful in following God's word. God came back and answered the prayers, and he's now working the job he wanted. So I say all of that because there is a point. He was true to God's word. Same thing. I can give you the exact same scenario when I retired. I told work I was going to retire. I came back from a cruise, and the stock market crashed. For those that have investments in the stock market, it was a rough day. And Cindy and I talked. Work would take me back. Do I just go back to work for however long? And we stopped and thought, wait, six weeks ago, God told us to retire. We retired. Didn't go back, and it's worked out. So I say that. Be faithful to what God tells you to do, and things will work out for your life. Maybe not to the best. It could have been better. It could have been, but God's got a plan. So walking with God, Joshua 1, 8 to 9. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may carefully to do according to all that is written in it. For you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Be strong and courageous. I will tell you, learning to let go, let, to let the control of my life go, was really hard. I am a control freak. I want things to work out just so. Not necessarily a good thing, but it is who I am. But I have learned over the years, and it started with small steps of praying what I should do with West Valley, to not even answering or praying about God telling me to retire. I, that's a huge gap. And God grew me through that. So you're not going to necessarily go, if you haven't ever experienced God, from 1 to 100 automatically. You're going to work your way there. He's going to get you used to it. He's going to make you comfortable. Just be patient. He will show up. Again, this is out of my journal on the 12:22, and it was 1 Samuel 2, verse 7. The Lord makes poor, the Lord makes rich. He brings the low and he exalts. And what I wrote was, the Lord gives and he takes. If he has blessed us with money or things, we might become haughty and proud. 
and he can change those circumstances. If you've been praying and your circumstances aren't changing, my first question is, is are you listening? If he isn't the answering the way you want, is it perhaps you're only listening for what you want to hear? So you're not hearing what he has to say. Or and this could be, and I wrote war and. Two, is he just trying to change you? Maybe we need to stop and examine everything in our life, look honestly at ourselves, and maybe something within us needs to change first. And that needs to change first may be letting the Holy Spirit move you, not necessarily letting what you want God to answer your prayer to be. Confidence and trust. As you experience God, you gain an appreciation that he will make things work out. Maybe not to your preference, but for your betterment. Philippians 4.11 says, Not that I am speaking of my own need. This is Paul, by the way. For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. But it, and this is out of 1 Timothy. So again, Paul writing to Timothy in verse 6 to 8. But if we have food and clothing, with these we must be content. Hebrews 13, 5. Be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. God has us in a place. God has me in a place today that I wasn't or even couldn't imagine 15 years ago being. The first book I ever read when I started reading the Bible, well, somewhat on a regular basis back then, was Luke. And then you guys have heard me tell the story before for any of those who have been here. And when I finished reading Luke, or after one of the chapters reading Luke, I went into Cindy. She was getting ready for work. And I says, if I understand this right, I'm supposed to be a preacher. <laughs> okay. I'm not supposed to be a preacher. Although I'm up here preaching today, I'm not supposed to be a preacher. I just, God tells, Doug tells me, every time you say that, God's going to do something with it. <laughs> so I don't think I'm supposed to be a preacher. However, I do believe, as I continue to pray through those, those chapters in the verse, what God did impress upon me, and this is, not, again, not RJ saying, hey, this is what the word says, this is what God truly impressed upon me, is I needed to get engaged. That's what started my process and where I'm at today. I got engaged at West Valley. I got to know Doug a little more. He had a huge impact on my life and my walk in reading the Bible, responding to the Bible, taking the classes that we now call the training center here. Back in the day, we didn't call them the training center, but taking those same classes. I've taken some of them three times. I'm a slow learner. But they are important in what you do. It will change your life, but you've got to let it. My journal from 1228 says this in Acts 1. Until the day he was taken up, after he had given the commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. The Holy Spirit is the key for us to understanding God's will. Not our own knowledge, but the Holy Spirit. Our knowledge will get us into trouble. I know where to go get the answers I want, but would you be, what would you be living? I would be living by my own will and not God's. Reading the Bible, whenever I am sometimes where, reading the Bible, wherever I am, and sometimes where the Spirit moves me, will give me God's will. If you felt moved to read Amos or 1 Kings for some reason, 
and not your own knowledge, you will find God there wanting to impress something upon you or even answer your prayer. Be patient. Wait for God. His ways are higher than our ways, and he will be there. Maybe not with the answer we want, but his will for your life. He's got a, he's got a plan for each of us. And the ideal thing would be to let that plan play out. Not you playing that plan out, but playing that plan out. Again, I'm going to use another quick example, and then we're, I'll call the worship team back up after this. Austin had another decision to make, and it was out of 1 Kings. Well, he came down and says, Dad, what should I do? Typical answer, go pray about it and read your Bible. So he told me that as he was praying about it, he said, I, I think it was 1 Kings. God told me to go read 1 Kings. And he comes downstairs and says, Dad, I read 1 Kings, but this is what I got. It doesn't seem right. He said, I don't know. Keep praying about it. I don't know. I have the answer. We come to church on that Sunday, and I think the first three references um, that were made as the turn to were all out of 1 Kings. I turned to Austin and went, I think your answer was in 1 Kings. But, again, faithful, he's followed out and it's worked. And I say that. You know, fortunately or unfortunately, from the time my kids were young, the, the, I've given them the same response. Go pray about it, see where God, read your Bible, see where God leads you. We've all probably misinterpreted things at times. I'm sure they did as well. But we also know that he has a plan for our lives. And the key for your happiness, I don't even want to say happiness because happiness is maybe the wrong term, but the key to your life is letting God play that will out. Whatever it is, whatever, whatever brings that joy, brings that comfort, knowing you're living in this place God wants you. So with that, let's call the worship team back up, and I'm going to finish with this. So what, I'm call, what I want to bring to reference is when Jesus was at praying before he went to the cross. And Jesus prayed, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. What if Jesus didn't pray that pray, prayer? Or what if Jesus tried to take matters into his own hands? He had to know the, what was coming. He knew it was going to be a painful death. Look at the cross. Look at him hanging on the cross as we get ready to go into Easter. If he hadn't followed God's will for his life or what the plan was, we would all be doomed. We wouldn't have our Savior. We needed Jesus to go to the cross. We need, each of us need to follow the Holy Spirit. You have no idea what impact you're making on somebody else's life as you do that. We may not get again. I'm going to go back. We, his ways are higher than our ways, but he will be there. Be patient and wait for God. Maybe not the answer you want, but his will for your life. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, I just thank you for who you are, 
for your willingness to have a relationship with each of us. That relationship may look slightly different to each of us as well, and that's okay. We are all very different people, and we all need you in a very different way. But I am thankful for those who have listened to God's word, who have followed his directions about their lives. From Doug leaving public school to starting Cornerstone. For me, of getting engaged and how you have slowly grown me into the man I have become and the willingness and the excitement that comes from sharing your word. I just thank you for all you have done in my lives, all you are doing in the lives of the people here. And I pray those who don't know you step forward today and meet with myself, meet with Doug, meet with Brian, meet with John, meet with one of the other lead teams, but find somebody to talk to. So they too first can have your saving grace and then truly experience who you are. For you don't have us, you're not here to hurt us. You want what's best for us. Sometimes that may not be what we think is best for us, but we thank you for that. We thank you for being a God who gives graciously, not for what we deserve, but because you loved us. May we return that love by willingly live out what you have for our life. In your son's name we pray. Amen.